Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined by a very special guest. His first appearance since he had to step away, Matt Bedard, a.k.a. Scotian Canadian. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Blaine? How are you, man? Oh, you know, just living the dream. I'm, I'm so happy that you were yeah. able to come on. Uh, I, know, I know you stepped away for family reasons, but that doesn't mean you can't come on and shoot the shit with us. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciate you uh, shooting me the message and giving me this opportunity. Well, you know, we just missed you that much. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> sure. <laughs> um, now, Treg and Matt both couldn't make it, so they send their best. But uh, Matt is, uh, he's in Kuwait and uh, doing an, uh, an overseas operation. And Treg is in Montreal doing a course. So he's unavailable. So. It's just me and you. Sweet. Right on. Well, good to chat with you, man. Yeah. Unlike them, I'm dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I get paid more and I get to stay home. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> so for today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs, the draft, and uh some rumors so i think you mentioned you wanted to start with the playoffs let's start there so we're in the second round uh oilers uh, flames are on the go the battle of alberta battle of florida is over and done with we can still talk about that a little bit um but uh, yeah we may as well start there we'll start with the sweep so tampa florida Geez, dude, like it's, uh, you know, I'm looking like a bit of an idiot, uh, you know, after this, you know, first half of the second round, I figured Florida would would get it done because they look so good through the regular season. But it's just funny how these trends just happen to continue, like the Leafs getting bounced again in the first round. You know, Florida managed to get past the first round, but then they just get bounced immediately to Tampa because I guess even without Braden Point, Tampa's that good. Vasilevsky's that good. Like it's, uh, we're witnessing uh, literally a dynasty. Like I, I'm, you know, spoiler alert, but it almost feels like they're gonna just do it again. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they win another cup, you have to call them a dynasty. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, Toronto losing in the first round. I mean, I'm not that surprised to be honest. It's, no. it's their MO, no. but with Florida, I expected a little bit more, no. but I did expect yeah. Tampa to win. Just didn't expect it to be All a sweep. Right. Yeah, just domination from start to finish. I mean, I, yeah, they just took it to them. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, the Kucherov was on fire. Stamkos did his thing. Hedman back there. And, and again, McDonough, the unsung hero of the Tampa Bay Lightning the last few years. Yeah. All his, uh, you know, his hockey IQ and defensive ability. So, and Vasilevsky getting the shutouts and in series clinching games. That's an unreal uh, statistic. I can't believe that. And and oh, it's, I, yeah. No, it's it's something else. But you can tell right off the Tampa has a different level. They're able to play that playoff style, whereas Florida, you can tell they're not quite as experienced with it and just didn't know how to handle that right. that pressure and the, those little things that lead to you winning the game. Tampa has it down pat. It's a system for them now, whereas Florida still didn't quite have it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like Tampa has the extreme confidence in knowing that it'll work for them so they just buy in and they all accept their roles and they just they do it i mean if we see pat maroon <laughs> in like in a cup final again and win a, winning a cup again what would that be the fourth one in a row for him like yes. oh my god but hopefully you know hopefully uh the avalanche maybe you'll be able to stop this team hopefully <laughs> well the abs are my pick for the cup this year yeah, my, mine too, I think. <clears throat> be nice to see Nate McKinnon bring it back to Halifax for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, you know, you know, pass the torch in a way, maybe a little yeah. bit. Do you have him Sid. do his part? Yeah. <laughs> him and Sid in a, in a float going by? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here, uh, you know, Nate looks good. Uh, Kale McCarr looks incredible. Uh, I was watching a game there the other night and like, obviously we're seeing what McDavid's doing. Uh, and well, I'm sure we'll talk about that too, but Kale does it on the, on the, the defensive side of the puck as well. He, you know how sometimes there's, um, you know, there'll be a play where your defenseman will recover the puck in the defensive zone, just like, and they kind of back it up a bit just to, you know, reset. You know what I mean? Like they're skating backwards. They might go D to D, whatever. Well, Colorado's about to do that. Kill McCarr has the puck. He fumbles it, makes a like mistake, almost gives up a breakaway. But then he then he recovers the puck, turns around on his edges, goes up the wing, and then around the net, and then makes just this amazing play. And all, they almost scored a goal that started originally because he fucked up and fumbled the puck. Like it's like. I just, he's fun to watch, man. But all that being said, Nazem Kadri, I'm sitting here cheering him on, you know, especially because the Leafs gave him away for like almost nothing. One year, Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot, I guess it's been a nice depth player for the Leafs. But I mean, the Avs got a second line C, you know, at a, in that trade and, and for the long term too. And he's lighting it up right now for the Avalanche. Um, just sticking it to the, you know, awful portion of that blues fan base that, you know, has been sending the DMS and all that stuff, uh, just abhorrent behavior, but you love to see it. He's an incredible player. He's a guy. I think you win with in the playoffs and it just didn't work out with the Leafs, but you know, you know, it's, it's all, all, all said and done now. It might've been better to maybe keep him and 
not sign JT, but I guess that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's cap management right there. And Colorado is doing it well. I mean, it's, uh, uh has put this team together and it's taken some time, but Holy cow, they look, they look impressive. Like Kale McCarr, like you mentioned, it's all these simple little things that he does when he's going in to go pick up that puck. Normally he doesn't fuck up. Normally he does, does a quick shoulder check just before picking up the puck and the puck is gone up the ice within seconds, like within mm. a second. It's like, as soon as it's on a stick, he already yeah. knows where to put it. He knows if he can carry it up ice and he has the lane he wants just with a quick shoulder check. Like that's, yeah. that is a skill that few people possess. Yeah. And as a defenseman, if you're doing the things that he's doing, you got to have that complete awareness at all times or else you're going to make those mistakes. I just, when I saw that sequence, I was like, I couldn't imagine being the guy, you know, pressuring the opposition, pressuring and forechecking who all of a sudden thinks he's going to get a breakaway, but then Kale still beats him one-on-one spins and he's up the end of the ice. It's like, Oh, just that'd be so frightening. Same thing with McDavid. It's like, you see him do these like, unbelievable quick moves around people between his legs and, you know, a little deflection, you know, to the other open ice or whatever to himself. And uh, the defensemen are just like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't, there's nothing I can do. (laughs) Yeah. And he's, he's on his, almost on his own, but with, with Colorado, you got Nate McKinnon and Landeskog and Kadri. And I'm, I'm with you on, on that. I want to see Kadri win that series i mean the game he played against the blues after all the racist bullshit that got thrown at him where he just slammed it in their face with a hat trick was just absolute perfection yeah and what what irks me the most is i mean i've been to st louis i got friends down there uh friends who are blues fans they're really good people but then you have these morons that drag them down and the team is not doing themselves any favors either because today is wednesday the 25th it's been almost two days since all this stuff started and they still have not released even a, we don't want you guys to say racist shit for us. Like nothing, yeah. no comments, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. And it's unfortunate. Like I, I wouldn't want that to paint all blues fans. I'm sure that fan base is, you know, a lovely group of people. I know a few myself and they're great, obviously not racist, but yeah. like, you know, it's unfortunate that these people exist and, and they, I guess, need entertainment too. And they end up being fans of sports teams and then doing, I couldn't imagine just like having the time on my hands or the hate in my heart to like start messaging people's family saying ridiculous, hateful shit. Like it just, it's so absurd. Like the, I just, I can't believe it. But again, good to see Kadri stick it to stick it to them. He made the, what was it? The, are you entertained symbol or whatever on the oh, first yeah. goal, then the hat throw on the third goal. So <laughs> it was, and then David Perrin almost took him out with an elbow and Kadri dodged it like yeah, before he celebrated. That was so greasy, man. Imagine if he hit that. Imagine if Perrin smoked him right after the goal. Oh, that would have been some Mark Shifley type Jake Evans stuff, you know, probably would have seen a suspension and what, whatever, but it would have yeah. been dirtier than Shifley. Yeah. But again, like I love seeing Kadri getting these players heads and playing the way he's playing and right on the line, not getting suspended, you know, not taking penalties. So it's, it's good to see. Yeah. And I, I understand the blues players being pissed off at him because he ran into Bennington now. Right. Yeah. In my opinion, that, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't really on purpose. You, you watch the play and he's going for a loose puck with an open net. It's, it's right yeah. there. 
So, yeah. I mean, I would have done the same thing. It's unfortunate yeah. that he ran into Bennington, but I mean, we've seen similar plays happen with the Canadians yeah. and they're just, they're just plays. Yeah, exactly. And we're told as fans, as, as Habs fans, you know, it was just a hockey play. So yeah. it's the same deal. And uh, yeah, Bennington, as much as I like the guy as to, in terms of his ability to tend the net and how it's good to see him kind of rebounding in the playoffs, right? He was, he didn't have the greatest season. Hasso yeah. took his place and he was on a roll in the playoffs, but the guy's a bit of a clown. <laughs> like he's a bit of a, like, and I do like that to an extent too, but like the whole throwing a water bottle at, Cadre in the end like it's just childish stuff man like uh i don't know i don't know well yeah that kind of right there that one action told me that the abs were winning that series because if if he's in their head to that point they're too distracted to really put up too much of a fight and I, with colorado you have to be focused to beat these guys yeah yeah and it's game five tonight right so they, yeah. it's good opportunity for them to close it so hopefully they do that'd be nice and we'd see uh potentially if the Oilers keep doing what they're doing, maybe we'll see McDavid versus McKinnon. Oh man. Final series in the West. That would be yeah. horrible. Horrible to watch McKinnon and McDavid in a, in a conference final. <laughs> oh oh yeah. my God. The ratings just, are going to go. Just slow. One, three, one boring crap. Hockey. Oh, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> Makes you wish yeah. for the Kill days McCarr of the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of the Oilers, though, Evander Kane, that's another one. He's, like, on the way to setting goal-scoring records, I think, in this playoffs, isn't he? Yeah. He's got 12, I think, now? 12 so yeah. far. Yeah, and I think I saw something today about um, uh, Crosby and Ovi are the only two in the last 10 years or something to score 15 in an entire playoffs. So he's like three away and they're only in the second round so if he stays hot like that's he's gonna cash in i think in uh free agency maybe help them win a cup too we'll see yeah that to me that's the motivation for him he went he went into edmonton on a cheap deal a show me deal and he's he's playing for that big money contract that he had to give up when he stupidly made poor decisions that caused him to lose his contract yeah, there's been quite the, there was, we, we saw the chirps from, uh, was it Kachuk said, yeah. you need some money. There was that one. And then yeah. I saw a clip of a fan. Did you see the clip of the fan behind the bench? The Calgary was- fan, he like dropped five, he like dropped five bucks onto the bench and he was like, get yourself a coffee after the game. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah. love it, but karma's coming around because <laughs> the oil took over that series. Like. I'm shocked that the flames are struggling this badly. Yeah. They're a much better team than they've been showing. I mean, Markstrom has been playing like a beer league goalie. Yeah. 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 And as much as I credit, like normally I'm the type of guy to go like, you know, even on a nice snipe and you, you'll hear people say, Oh, you know, um, Markstrom should have had that or whatever, but I'll, I'll always say, you know, credit to the shooter. These are NHL shooters, but Kane scored one last game. That was like, it was a nice, snipe i guess but it was a flutter puck i don't know if marks from reddit wrong it was a weird a weird one it's like man you don't see him let goals like that and often like i'll give him the mcdavid magic you know goals against where it's just the guys flying around passing the puck through you know legs and sticks but yeah it's, it's definitely weird seeing calgary uh 
do this. But Daryl Sutter's been calm the whole time. We'll have to wait and see. You know, closing out a series is tough. And I think the oils, the oil have have blew a few. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think Calgary is really out of it. They're, they're down three one, no. but they could win. I mean, they they just kind of look tired. So it's almost as if yeah. Sutter's been really pushing them up and they they're they're out of gas. Yeah, chasing chasing Connor and Leon around the ice. <laughs> well, they, should save, they should save all their energy and stay in their own zone to cover yeah. McDavid and just shoot the puck up ice. I mean, it worked worked against yeah. uh, Smith in that last goal. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking of Mike Smith, like he lets that one in, right? I was I, I went to look at his stats today and I figured you know, he'd be rocking and maybe a 9.15 at the best. He's got a 9.30 save percentage right now. Mike Smith in the playoffs. Like, that's yeah. – he's doing well somehow. He's got a – it's a 2.60 goals against and a 9.30 save percentage. I, I don't know how you do that other than, I guess, get peppered with shots. And that's exactly <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, good for him because he's usually uh, – you never know what you're going to get, right? Yeah, and that's why you really the uh, the Oilers really need to close this out tonight to get it done and over with. Because if they let Calgary back into the series, uh, things are going to start to go downhill for uh, for Smith, especially because Calgary is they're an incessant pest team, and they'll yeah. be right in his face. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I agree, and 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 the Oil are probably going to want. Smith getting some rest before facing potentially Colorado, right? So because that's well, gonna to, he's gonna be busy. <laughs> yeah, not to mention dry sidle with his with his ankle injury. I mean he's oh, he's doing yeah, that too. he's doing well with the points, but you can tell when he's trying to change direction, it's not quite that good. Yeah, no, no. So yeah, it's been a really good playoff. So like I've been thoroughly entertained. I last year for the Habs run, I was so busy with like watching Habs games, then doing research, then filming, then editing, then marketing, blah, blah, blah. I literally didn't get to see any other hockey except for the Habs games. So this year I've just been watching it all just back to how I used to. Right. And it's been like so good, such good hockey. It'd be nice to see a few less gambling ads for one, you know, but other than that, it's great. Yeah, uh, you know, it'd be nice every now and then to watch some hockey instead of gambling ads. Yeah, it's like every, like literally before and after commercial breaks, during commercials, because there's commercials for betting stuff. And then there's like during the intermission, like during the broadcast, it's like it's constant, constant. Anyway, I don't want to harp on that too much, but it's so fun. It's just so gross, man. Yeah, Uh Speaking of gross, the final series that we haven't talked about yet, Carolina and New York. I mean, it's the forgotten series, basically. Yeah. It's, um, I've been watching a little bit of it. and Every now and then there's some really good plays, but for the most part, it's just, it's not that entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, that's the one that didn't have any storylines, right? Well, I guess D'Angelo, former, former ranger there was that um reeves yeah in his kitchen yeah yeah that'd be i'm sure that'd be a you know a fair fight you know an even fight (laughs) i don't know uh reeves would pummel him but um 
Yeah, no, it's uh, Max Domi's looking good. So, you know, good for Carolina, I guess. It's hard to watch them do so well. I definitely don't want to see, you know, them win a cup with Domi and KK on the roster. That's my own bias speaking there. But uh, they are an incredibly good team. Jacob Slavin should be getting his flowers for as, you know, one of the best defensive shutdown D in the league. league. So, um you know, and they've got the stars too. They got the star power, and and uh, yeah, so yeah, a little bit. It's just the way they they've been playing. I mean, for the most part, it's it's effective, but uh, how effective? It's it's just a basic dump and chase system for the most yeah. part. So I don't know. Maybe as if Fox and and the other defensemen that they have, Truba especially, who's been a freaking monster in that series. Yeah, if they can recover those pucks quickly, that completely eliminates Carolina's threat. Yeah. So I don't know. They, they're going to have to come up with something better because they can't win on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who to cheer for in that series because we've had uh, some hard-fought series losses to both of those teams. So, um, yeah, that's that's a tough one for me. I guess. I guess maybe the Rangers just because of the recent, you know, rivalry stuff with Carolina. But I think regardless, whoever gets out of that series is going to get flattened by Tampa, probably even swept, to be honest. They're just so good. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa is definitely the favorite, no matter who wins that series. Yeah. So uh, that one's probably going to be short. The Colorado Edmonton series, if it goes six or seven, would be epic. Yeah. At least that'd be entertaining. Um, so, yeah, no, there's still some pretty good hockey left to be watched. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. I'm loving all, all of it. I just, uh, yeah, it's less gambling. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, moving on from that, we'll go to uh, a couple of rumors that have been running around just to get your, your take on them. Uh, the rumors basically have been going around. There's a, there's a few. Uh, Dvorak and Drouin are on the on the block and there's some talk of should the Canadians go for the second overall pick as well but we'll start with we'll start with Dvorak what do you think yeah yeah that makes sense if he's on the block I guess you definitely want to see what sort of value you can get back Um, because I think he's got three years after this one like three years I guess left he could stay but I mean I highly doubt he's in the long-term plans after three years. And I'm not so sure this team even knows where they'll be in the next three, right. They could turn it around quick or it could be a bit of a, you know, I don't want to say slow build. Cause I don't think it's going to take long, but you know, two to three years, you know, they probably want to get someone who's going to be in there, especially they're drafted first. So I would assume it's going to be Shane, Wright, And he'll probably slot into the lineup right away. I would assume. So, you know, you got Paling and Jake Evans that potentially could be part of your future down the middle. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense to me that Dvorak would be on the block. He, he also was traded to Montreal, not by choice. So maybe he's not super interested in hanging around either. So, yeah, I'm not sure. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, he's got his no move, uh, his no trade clause that kicks in after the, I think, July 1st of this year. So oh, okay. if they can get him gone before the the draft, I think, is it July 1st? I don't know if they pushed it back or not, where they have to wait until free agency starts on the 13th of July. I'm not oh, 100% okay. sure there, but 
he's no he's got a modified no trade that's going to kick in so i can see why they're they're shopping him around the issue for me is if the plan is to bring right in and you want him supported so you have suzuki above him dvorak beneath him would be perfect that way you he can would give be. yeah that way you yeah. can give uh right all the offensive starts he can get and you don't have to worry about face-offs because Dvorak is a 56, 57% face-off guy. Yeah. So you have a little bit of support there. I don't see the same kind of support if Dvorak were traded and you're putting Paling or Evans into that spot. Yeah. If, if the plan is to draft right or even Cooley and let them simmer for another year before they join the team, then yeah, who cares if he goes? De- yeah. It's about the return at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me because you definitely don't want these guys, the young kids thrown to the wolves right away. And especially if you're 1C is Nick Suzuki already yeah. at 22 or whatever, how, however old he is, 23 almost. Then, yeah, you're definitely going to want, you know, someone in front or right behind an 18-year-old Shane Wright or whatever, if he if he makes a team. So that makes that makes total sense too, but... You know, I didn't know about the um, the no trade clause click kicking in or no movement clause kicking in. So, yeah, you don't you you just have to you have to figure out what he's worth, figure out what you can get. Especially if you're wanting to get, like you've said, maybe uh, the number two overall pick too. You'd be giving up likely a roster player or some kind of a package that would include a roster player that would be in uh, that would be valuable to a team looking to compete right away and Devorah can be that for somebody if they've got the right pieces down the middle yeah yeah I think so I think so but it, now like with number two um they're they're looking at a list of players they're going to be impact player in return so does Devorah fit that bill I don't think so for the Canadians I mean Anderson might depending on mm. what else you add to him um but what I've been told, and I just did a poll today on that, somebody angrily commented to me today about how I'm an idiot and I should be fired and it's <laughs> Caulfield or nothing. <laughs> and it's got to be Caulfield and a first. Not not the first for Calgary. Next year's Montreal Canadiens first to get number two. Oh, my God. Oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So I asked... Uh, I asked Twitter to weigh in. That's right. Yeah. 5% said. People over. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. You're you're stuck. I stuttered. Yeah, no, I was going to say people overvalue picks, especially once the draft is approaching. Everyone's like, yeah, I want every pick. I want top three picks. It's just, they're not, you don't give up Caulfield and, uh, potential lottery pick for like come on anyway <laughs> now if this was next year's draft and they're they're number two or yeah if they're number two maybe maybe you do it because Mitchkov's there maybe yeah i would i would entertain that but if it's before the lottery and you're not sure if you're gonna get one or not I, i'd say no because with yeah. caulfield you know what you're gonna be getting yeah and you're better off holding on to that and then adding to them with what you do. Montreal's got one and probably going to have a top 10 next year. So you got more on the team at that point with high end stuff. 
Now, I asked Twitter to weigh in on this, and 5% said, yes, absolutely. I would trade Caulfield for that second overall. But uh, 95% of 736 votes said, not a fucking chance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. So that that leaves Petrie, Anderson. Those are the only other players I can think that New Jersey would even want. Yeah, Petrie would definitely make sense for sure. And I think he would hold that value despite his the season that he just had. I really I do. Like I, I like, you know, I'm not overly enthused about how Petrie handled this season, you know, like just disappearing and then blaming it on the coach. But like because he, he, he's not that bad of a defenseman. He's a incredibly good defenseman on the right side. He physical, moves a puck has the shot on the power play. So I could see him holding that value. Maybe you have to add on to that. Um, I just don't want to, I, I just don't want to entertain the idea of trading Josh Anderson whatsoever, you know, especially with Suzuki and Caulfield as young as they are, as small as they are, you know, and what Anderson can bring on a very fair market value contract. I don't get why anyone says that's a bad contract to be honest. So I think he should be with the team for the long term because um, you don't find those players too much. So, yeah, so I would, you know, if Petrie, yeah, sure. Uh, and Dvorak, you know, he def- maybe he wouldn't hold enough to get a second overall or, or whatnot, but, you know, he could add to it. You know, again, Montreal has so many picks and prospects that they could potentially add. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. We hear these rumors and stuff come up. It's, it'll just, New Jersey will probably make the pick. Well, seeing as how it's it, the last time a team had one and two overall back to back was in 1969. I'm going to say it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but Petrie going to New Jersey does make sense in my yeah. opinion as well, but more for say a Pavel Zaka. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if they're, if they've got Alex Holtz coming up uh, who played um, extremely well in the AHL this year, so he's going to be due to for a promotion. If they do pick Slavkovsky, then he can slot in on the left wing as well, and that leaves Zaka out of the uh, the picture because yeah, New Jersey set up the middle. Yeah, and that that'd be another uh, you know depending on what you do with Dvorak, whether if you trade him and try and cash in or um, like Zaka's another two way good face off guy, veteran, you know, been around the league, so uh, someone who you'd like to be you know, in the depth chart with your young centers. So that, that would make sense, especially if you're trying to figure out something to do with Petrie, which it seems like they're going to have to do. So, yeah. Or, or if you do bring in Zaka, but you don't trade Dvorak, you can move Zaka to the left wing. And I think yeah. he would be a good fit with Suzuki and Caulfield. Yeah. Yeah. He could be, you know, a bit of a Lekkonen replacement in a way, you know, that yeah. responsible five on five play. Yeah. Speaking of Lekkonen, uh, I noticed that he now has as many goals as Austin Matthews in the playoffs. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. I, in j- just as many games. Oh, 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 there you go. A playoff player. I mean, Colorado, that was an incredibly smart deal for them. They gave up a lot, yeah. but that's because Lekkonen is a sure bet in the playoffs. Uh, he's exactly what a team like a team that's in the playoffs needs. And it's a, a big reason why the Avs struggled in the past in the playoffs. Cause they had all the skill. They just didn't have that depth. And to, to have Lekkonen slide in with, 
you know, McKinnon, Rantanen, Kadri, you know, and all the Landis cog, you just get that perfect, you know, all situations player who can also score some goals. And he seems to, you know, love playing in the playoffs. So those are the types of guys you, you need. And they gave up a lot for him. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think it was a great trade for both teams and I'm not going to be surprised when the abs lock up Lekin in long-term. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's the perfect fit for what they, what they have planned. He, he's not the big bruising kind of winger. He is more of a gritty, grind it out kind of guy who can yep. take the penalty kill time away from guys like Landis Gog to give them more yep. time to rest and focus on offense yep. while he gives, he gives a little bit of offense in that, that, that middle six. So he, yeah, he's a perfect fit for them yep. and he won't be expensive. No, he won't be. And he's, you know, again, one of these guys that, uh, you know, just like the, just like Tampa has with guys like Ross Colton and all that, you know, uh, just North South, four checker and they just win battles and you need that because you need someone to you don't like you just said you don't want landis cog and mckinnon and rantanen necessarily having to battle all night win those pucks he can let can do it and distribute it so yeah i love i love that deal for colorado and i love seeing lekin and enjoying his time in colorado i'd love to see him raise a cup that'd be super cool that would be nice it would be really nice to see him do that and in for the Canadians in return, getting, getting that pick was, you know, you, most people would have thought a second round pick would have been enough, but then you throw in Justin Barron on top of that. And it's a home run for the Canadians as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I would, I would think Barron would have been enough. You know what I mean? Like, holy, and then you get the pick on top. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, the trade deadline, Hughes, Hughes really, really did well. You look back now, Justin Barron, who's going to become a top four defenseman probably by next year. And that second round pick that they can use to trade up or whatever. Uh, then, then the Sherratt deal. Oh my God, the Sherratt deal. <laughs> yeah. Picking yeah. up a first and a prospect. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it didn't really work out for Florida. So they're, I'm sure they're kicking their ass for that. And uh, you know, who knows what happens Next year for Florida, you know, I don't want to wish injury on anybody. I would never do that. But, you know, it's not of the realm of possibility that for some reason or another, they happen to just miss the playoffs. You never know. It's happened to teams before. And if we end up getting an extra lotto pick, even if it's for 2% for Connor Bernard, I will take it. <laughs> well, even if it ends up being 15th, that's yeah. still, still a hell of a yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And and now now the uh, now Hughes can actually go out sign Sherratt back to a one year deal and trade him again for another first. There you go. The value's <laughs> been set, and Sherratt would probably come back. To be honest, <laughs> he might. He might. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they have a need, but hey, you never know. Yeah. Uh, now that that brings us to Drewang, um, he who's constantly on the trade block. The, the guy doesn't seem to be catching a break either. Um. It would be nice to see him get a change of scenery, but I, I think he would benefit from playing under St. Louis. Yeah, I think he would too. But then at the same time, like he's a UF, this is his last year, right? He's, and then he's a UFA. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, well, like, would he even want to come back 
if we even want him to come back. So it's like, you know, maybe, maybe him playing under St. Louis for, you know, three months makes his trade value skyrocket. Yeah. Um, just cause I, like, I agree with you. I think, I don't know. I'd love to see the guy get a fresh start, play somewhere where, you know, it's a little bit quieter and he's not the hometown kid. He's not, you know, he can just get away from the expectations of being an 80, 90 point player and maybe just, keep moving along in his career as a 50 potentially 60 point guy but yeah, yeah i don't know i'm not sure what we get unless he goes off unless he goes off under saint louis yeah right now i don't think you get very much the best case scenario is he steps in he becomes a he's putting up his 50 point 60 point pace like he did before saint louis showed up maybe up that to about a 70 point pace if he gets to that by trade deadline i know hughes would trade him because like you said, I don't expect him to resign. Yeah. And he's got, he, he'll also have to stay healthy most of the season for anyone to want to give up anything for him. So yeah. it'll be interesting. I feel bad for the guy. He's, oh God, he had so much talent and potential coming into the league. And one reason or another, it just hasn't really panned out to the extent that many thought. And I think justifiably thought his junior career was insane. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but still, you know, a 50 to 60 point guy in the NHL is still a good, good player. He'll, he, even if he doesn't get traded and he finishes out his year and we lose him for nothing, it is what it is. He'll, he'll sign somewhere and he'll end up playing fairly good hockey somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I don't see Hughes letting it, letting him play past the deadline on the Canadians. I just, I have a hard time seeing that. Retain, retain half of it and just take what you can get yeah well i mean if he can get half of what charrot's uh what he got for charrot i think we'd be okay yeah i think so yeah <laughs> another first round pick sure yeah thanks yeah yeah just put that in the pocket right quick yeah, yeah. and that brings me <clears throat> that brings me to the draft so this year the draft's in montreal i'm going are you going oh i'd love to make it work it's middle of july right like the the sixth and seventh yeah Sixth and seventh. Yeah, we'll see. I I really want to make it work. If I do, I'll be just jumping in my car and driving all the way from. Oh, you're muted. Uh, just gonna call. Um, yeah. If I do, I'll be driving all the way from Nova Scotia to Montreal. So we'll we'll see. I'd love to, but I mean, what better year for us to have the first overall pick and like another thirteen after that than for it to be a draft in Montreal? So crowd's gonna be insane. <clears throat> oh yeah no i expect some fireworks probably some trading up there's going to be some a couple of names moving on the floor it's going to be fun to watch and it's in montreal i've been to a lot of these drafts there's always a good time to be had at these things but montreal tends to be a different animal when it comes to these things it's always a heightened experience. yeah i love montreal i love the city it's probably my favorite city in the world Really? And you've been around. I can say it's my, I've only been in Canada and the States. I can say it's my favorite city in North America. So, but yeah, it's, I love it. Yeah. Anything you want, it's there. And when it comes to hockey, you know, it's going to be a party, especially for this. So the first yeah, like overall I, pick. As much, I was just going to say, like, as much as I want to go to see the, sh like the draft and the picks and the, whoever we draft first overall, likely Shane, Wright. But as much as I want to see all that, I think it'd just be super cool to like hang out with you guys, hang out with, you know, the old Balotage guys and whoever else from the Habs community that we can, you know, 
hang out with and party with and whatever. I think that'd be like almost even better just to be able to get together with all these, you know, well-known or, you know, just everyone, our viewers, all that. So anyway, we'll all see, I'd love to do it. Yeah. Well, it, it would definitely be fun. And especially now with the pandemic coming to an end and we've been cooped up for so long, having this, it's a kind of a carnival. I'm expecting yeah. a carnival atmosphere. It should be a good time. We've already booked the bar, uh, the bar for the post draft party. So, oh, nice. <laughs> so we're nice. all set. We're all Sweet. set. So that brings us to the pick. And Grant McCag. I mean, to put it out there, just to you know, be upfront. I do work with recruits. I I write for them sometimes, and like as a freelance. So I talk to Grant all the time. Yeah. I've had him on my on my uh, yeah. YouTube channel too. Yeah, I, I like Grant. He's a good guy. He's good shit. Yeah, he tends to really rile up the fan base at times, though. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that a bit too. I know, like, I think people like the Twitter sphere is just people just take things way too seriously, and you know, as much as you know, Grant is you know having a good time dismissing Wright and hyping up Slavkovsky. I'm sure there's a bit of it that he's like. I mean, I'm, I don't want to talk for him, but I'm sure there's a probably a bit of it where he's just kind of like, you know, going full tilt, like he's on purpose, like just to, you know, and, or maybe he just seriously believes that Slavkovsky could be, should be first. I don't know, but yeah. No, he does yeah, seriously I, believe he should be first. Yeah. Everyone's entitled to an opinion and who knows, maybe we'll see four years from now that he was right. You never know. Maybe. I mean, he did call the KK pick, but at the same time, Didn't, I mean, yeah. I, personally, I wanted Kachuk mm. myself, but then I saw that they, you know, they were leaning towards KK. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I was That's a huge guy. Yeah. yeah. Now in this draft, he's pushing Slavkowski, the big winger, but there's a couple of centermen ahead of him. In my opinion, I think it's really going to come down to Wright or Cooley. Yeah. So do I actually, I, I thought maybe even just cause of, the Kent Hughes connection and being so dialed in with the NCAA that maybe they'd end up just, you know, going with Logan Cooley. And, uh, you know, I mean, the States have been exporting uh, just incredible hockey players, incredible hockey players the last five to 10 years. So I really don't think it'd be a stretch for Cooley to come up and steal first, unless, you know, Shane Wright is that good and is the guy who is apparently leaving points on the table so he can work on his professional game, even though he's still in the juniors, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, what's going to end up making him the pick. I, I, I think it's going to be right. Yeah. But uh, if you're, comp- I, I really do think it's gonna be a centerman though. And I think Cooley's the, really the only one that's going to challenge for that spot. So you kind of look at the two, uh, how the two play. Cooley's probably going to get more points but Wright is going to be the better defensive player. Right. So do you give up say 10 points a year for a better defensive outcome? So you have a better goal differential, or do you want that flash more flashy player? Well, I mean, geez, we've got Nick Suzuki who is going to be an incredible two-way player, probably in Selkie talks within the next five years by putting up a ton of points and being an incredible shutdown guy. So maybe it would make sense to get the, you know, flashy elite offensive centerman, you know, I mean, this is a first overall pick. I don't want to come away from this, not having 
the absolute best player in the draft. We've seen it too much as Habs fans picking in the top three and then we don't get the right guy. This is a one, like it has to be like they need, they have to nail it. Like no excuses, even though they're new management and all that stuff. Like you just can't botch it. You just can't botch a pick like this. And if they go with Shane Wright as a, you know, sorry to rant, but like, you know, we need the more defensive, you know, style of player. Oh my God. Like we just heard that too much. Like all the, as much as I love Bergevin and how he built the team and believed in what he was building the whole time, that was all we heard. You had to be two way player. You had to be a two way player and the league isn't changing as much as people suggest it is, but it is changing a bit where you need to have these like next level elite offensive minds on your team. So We'll see. It's a good position to be in, but I just really hope we nail this pick. Yeah, no, they they have to get this right. And another reason why I think they're going to get it right by picking right <laughs> is uh, Shane Wright is a zone exit and entry darling. You look up the advanced stats and the Canadians now with a new advanced, you know, a new analytics community being built in, they'll, they'll see that his zone exits and entries uh, controlled zone exits and entries are extremely high percentage. Yeah. He's one of the top players in the OHL for that. And that's, that's kind of the style of hockey that Gordon and Hughes want the Canadians to go towards. So maybe he doesn't put up as many points, but he could be creating more offense. Right. Right. I see what you mean. So that it's all these little things like that, that I, I keep, pushing me to say that they're going to go for right. Even if my personal pick would probably be like you, I want the offense because Suzuki's there. I would like to have more offense. Right. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting August, you know, late August uh, after we've made our picks, you know, and we know who we picked first and we know where Cooley went and Slavkovsky went because you're going to see these guys in the world juniors. Like just think of the, the drama and the yeah. the back and forths that are going to happen. If Logan Cooley happens to light up the tournament, like Trevor Zegers did and Shane writes like a uh, struggles, like Suzuki did who knows. Right. But that's, I mean, that's a good example. Suzuki uh, who struggled at the world juniors. And now he's clearly, uh, you know, superstar level, you know, NHL player coming up. So yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll be uh, interesting to see how it plays out and then to watch, how the fans react when we get to look at these guys once they belong to somebody. And it could be even worse if they do, uh, whoever they pick, they send them back to junior NCAA or wherever they send them to. There's a second world juniors being held in Halifax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only a few months later. That's going to be sick. Yeah. Oh yeah. I cannot wait to be going to those games. Yeah. It's been, you know what? It's been a pretty awesome, you know, year or so year, year and a half to be, a Habs fan from Nova Scotia. I mean, you got, you know, Justin Barron at, you know, joining the Montreal Canadians, you know, the Moose, you know, had a fairly respectable little playoff run there, but um, to get the, the world juniors too, after we as Habs fans saw a playoff run, not that long ago as well uh, to host the world juniors in Halifax, you know, first time since Oh three, like, well, cause the final will be here. Right. I, don't, yeah. I doubt they'll have the final in Moncton. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be – It's gonna, I, I hope I can get my hands on tickets. I know we'll be able to get my hands on a few, but yeah. to be able to be in the ring for that final game at the Metro Center will be amazing. 
Oh, oh yeah. You know, it's going to be Canada. I just, in my heart, I know it's going to be them and they're winning gold. It's happening. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. The rest of the world should just stay the fuck home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Caden Gooley too. That's another one. He'll be playing this summer. So, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah. Cause he's injured, right? Nope. No, no, he might play. He might just go to camp. Okay. Jeez. I really hope we see some full rosters. And the other thing too, uh, because the rosters might change, hopefully Joshua uh, rock can sneak onto this Canada roster after the season he just had, because I think he got yeah. cut for the tournament and he probably should have been there. Dude's incredible. So uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how that plays out too. Well, his Sherbrooke Phoenix are getting lit up right now by uh, Charlottetown. Yeah. Charlottetown's so, good. Yeah. I think Charlottetown's probably going to end up winning the president's cup in, in the queue. Uh, but on your, your point about being a Habs fan on the East coast, you forgot one thing, Riley kidney. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now joining Laval. That's right. Yeah. This kid's going to be something else. I, I mean, I've, I've watched him play. I've, I've coached hockey camps with him in it. This kid's something else. Is he? Yeah. I went to oh. see, uh, I think twice this year, I went to see him in Halifax and both times they lit up, they lit up the moose. Like it was over by midway through the second, like seven to one, like, and he had a ton of points. We had yeah. that, uh, what was it? A five point night in the playoffs against the moose. Yeah, I think it was game. Oh four. yeah, that yeah that too. Yeah, man, has has he played his first game with the Laval yet? No, no, he no? he didn't dress for tonight's game. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he plays in the pros. Definitely, and if he gets yeah. an opportunity. This is this is a chance because he's going to have to go back to junior unless he makes the NHL next year. Yeah. Yeah. Which so I, yeah, it has, it has been seriously like like I just love the. You know, we've we've had our ups and downs. We've had a few bad seasons here and there, but you know, generally it's been a really awesome couple of years. Especially when you think about the prospects as well, and then the the World Juniors coming to Halifax, and we get to, you know, hopefully see the future. You know, elite superstar uh, uh, Montreal Canadian Connor Bedard play <laughs> at the uh, at the World Juniors uh, at Christmas, the next one, right? Um, That's right. Actually, no, he'll be on this one too. Yeah, he, yeah, both yeah. of them. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, geez, yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna be awesome. So that pretty much covers everything I wanted to bring up. Was there any any final thoughts you wanted to share? You know what? No, it's kind of you know, it's it's our downtime right now. We've been eliminated. We're just waiting for this draft. Waiting for some, you know, maybe some action on the the trade floor. Uh, hopefully, we'll see Marty St. Louis get that contract extension any day here now, any minute here now. Curious how long he'll get locked up for. Um, but yeah, the future's bright in Montreal, big time. Next year, I don't know what to expect, but there is so much talent coming in. Like so, so, so much talent coming in. I think give it definitely less than five years, but maybe, you know, within three, we'll be one of the better teams. I I'm thinking in the Atlantic and I'm really like, there's just so much talent coming up and uh, with the improvements to the developmental department and we've got an analytics, you know, aspect to the, the franchise now. So they're, they're doing the right things. They're doing the right things. And I love to see it. Yeah. I, I, 
I think it was a Darren Dreger this morning mentioned it should be happening soon with uh, St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. And I expect a three-year deal. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think you're right. I think the Canadians are looking in the next th- probably three years becoming one of the better teams because Tampa Bay is going to have to start uh, winding down soon. The, yeah. Their window's going to close by then. Um, Boston Florida, Yeah. Right. Florida, we don't know what's going to happen with them. Yeah. Uh, Austin Matthews is going to be signing with the Phoenix Coyotes here pretty soon. So, you know, yeah, the Leafs are going to get blown up. <laughs> yeah. And even if it's not Arizona, he, I, oh, shit, dropped my phone. Uh, even if it's not with Arizona, he, uh, I got way too excited hearing that about Matthews leaving Toronto. Uh, even if it's not the Coyotes, he's leaving. I just can't see him, him staying, but uh, yeah. So we got to figure out the goaltending with price but it's good to see Cade Primo going absolutely off right now for Laval. Um, so that's, that's good. But I mean, our, you know, defense prospect pool is stacked. With On the left Gouli side. My, yeah. Yeah. Well, even with Barron and, and uh, who am I forgetting? There's another one on the right side, Justin Barron. And uh, anyway, uh, but there's a ton. Gooley, Roman. Oh, Mayu, Logan Mayu. He's a righty. So Yeah. It's just that. So you got all these defensive prospects coming that have, you know, serious potential. A few of them may not pan out, you know, I think of Jordan Harris and Struble too. And uh, then just that forward. I mean, it's just going to be endless with the the skill that comes in with a, on top of what we've got with Suzuki and, um, and Caulfield and low key. I love Jake Evans. I think he's going to have a really good NHL career. I'm curious what he, what his ceiling is. I, I'm not sure he's done improving just like Phil Deneau wasn't four years ago. So, you know, chuck in Sean Farrell to that group and Joshua uh, raw and Shane Wright or Cooley. And, and uh, yeah, they're going to be rolling, man. They are going to be rolling in a few years. Yeah. And then you got next year's two first round picks again. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah, it's going to just come in waves here. And then some of these guys are already ready to graduate. Like Jesse Yalonen could be a part of the team next year too. And that's just another guy with high skill that, you know, we add to our group. So, yeah, I fully expect him and probably maybe even uh, Lavaliger coming up. Yes, yes, RHP. He was another guy, incredible junior career, hard worker, always like one of the best players on the ice out there. And now he's showing it again with, with Laval and you love seeing them getting the the playoff experience too. That's so valuable. Yeah. So I love that you call him out. Love that player. Oh yeah. And I'm just going to look it up right now. Cause as we're recording Laval is in a game and it's an elimination game. If they win tonight, they move on to the Eastern conference finals. Oh, and they just scored four goals without reply to take a 4-2 lead after two periods. There you go. You got to love it. You got to oh, love yeah. it. They were down 2-0. Yeah. They said, you know what? Fuck you. We're scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know, we see maybe a Calder for them. Calder Cup here for them in the HL. Never know. Lock on wood. Don't want to jinx it. But uh, Primo's the hot goalie right now, and that seems to be one of the key ways to win a trophy. So... <laughs> And this is the deepest a Montreal Canadiens affiliate has gone in the AHL playoffs since Price led them to a Calder Cup in 2009. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love it. And I 2007, mean, they, 2007. 
Right. And they should have been in the playoffs last year, but the AHL didn't have playoffs. So it's, it's yeah. just good to see that this team finally, they earned it last year, didn't get to play. Now they've earned it and they're, they're not, you know, wasting their opportunity, just like, you know, their older, you know, upper affiliate did last playoffs. You, you just can't waste these opportunities once you're in. So, yeah. I, I, and it's definitely can't understate. It's, you know, incredibly reassuring that Caden Primo is putting up the numbers that he is right now after the season that he had. Like I wouldn't judge him on the season that he had because of especially his NHL numbers, but I'm sure that killed his confidence for, for Laval too. Right. But, you know, I heard, I don't know if this is true. I heard this through the grapevine that Jake Allen maybe took him aside and gave him some words of wisdom. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So like what an absolute stud Jake Allen's been a professional for our franchise ever since he was brought in. So, well, he's yeah, a maritimer. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. See? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Love to see it all. I can't wait to see what this team does in the near future. And I love watching executives do their thing, build their teams, you know, maneuver, make moves. So, you know, even before we're a great hockey team again, we get, we get to uh, see how it all comes together. So. Well, just to, uh, to raise everybody's hopes before we sign off, um, Jeff Gorton basically rebuilt the New York Rangers. Now a couple of little tweaks were made by Drury and they're now two games away from conference final. So, and that's only three years after they started the rebuild. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive. And it's, you know, who would have thought that one executive would play a hand in, you know, two original six franchise, two original six franchises moving away from their franchise goaltender. He did it with Lundquist and now he's doing it again with, with Carey Price. I mean, geez, that's a tall task for that guy, but he, he did well in New York and hopefully he does well for us. That's the hope. Um, so that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, it's great that you're able to come on the show and we can chit chat about hockey again. It's, you know, not having your uh, you on the channel every week, it's, you know, it, I, I miss it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, especially coming from you. Like you and uh, I've told you this before, but you and Treg were, you know, two of the originals that before I knew you guys motivated me to start my own thing because I listened to your guys' Habs Unfiltered podcast way, way back, like years ago. So before I started my channel. So uh, it, it means a lot hearing that uh come from you and I put up that goodbye video um on YouTube and like it's been unbelievable all the comments and stuff people have left for me like saying they'll they'll uh they'll miss it and everything and you know it's it's definitely a goodbye for now I'm gonna figure things out and eventually when t you know time opens up and I can execute the type of content that I, I feel I'm capable of then I'll I'll do that but I just like I said in my in my goodbye I just I can't fathom getting in front of a camera and bullshitting and sounding like I didn't thoroughly research what I'm talking about before I did it. And that's really what I don't have time for is all that research, all that theorizing in my head. Right. So, but yeah, anyway, I really appreciate that Blaine. I, I love coming to chat with you guys and I love what you guys are doing and how consistent you guys are. That's another, um, you know, something I look up to you guys for your guys' consistency is unbelievable. And I think you've been, you know, Trey and, and Matt are great, but you're a rock when it comes to the consistency of Habs unfiltered. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, and your guys' writing too. I can't say enough good things. So I appreciate it. 
No, I, I, I appreciate that as well. Uh, this has just turned into a giant uh, tug fest. So yeah, seriously, <laughs> get the porn I, I music really... going in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that the end of Pornhub there? Okay. <laughs> so, but I, no, I thank you very much for coming on and it's an open invitation. You're always welcome to come back. So thank anytime. you so much, man. Thank you. And for our listeners, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening and interacting and sending in comments, uh, even the hate mail. I appreciate it. Yep. I can tell when it's a Leaf fan because, you know, we can tell. It, it, all the words are misspelt. Uh, it just looks like somebody with a shaved head and a goatee would have written. So, you know, Leaf fan. Um, but yeah, thank you to all the listeners. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.